This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I would have to say that other than the Pac-12 going, oh, I don't know, undefeated over the weekend, the ACC was probably the most impressive of the conferences and the most impressive of the conferences that will last beyond this year. Although there is a nuance that could have the Pac-12 with just two teams existing for one more season. Wes Durham joins us. He is the voice of the ACC. I appreciate your time, sir. You, did you hear about that, by the way, that Oregon State and Washington State for at least two more years yes. could be a conference of two? Yeah. Um, I would suggest highly that you get John Wilner on your show. I've tried. Um, it's, it's, it's not easy. He does, it's not easy to he, uh, contact. If you have a his, contact, uh, by all means. Yeah, his podcast with uh, John Canzano yep. is excellent. Um, and they started into that about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, I guess I heard that for the first time. And the reason the Pac-12 is, as you've probably explained to your listeners, the reason the Pac-12 needs to stay in business is because they're due about $60 million of NCAA basketball money, right? <laughs> right. So here's what I'm going to forecast for you. Since we can all do this and never be held accountable, apparently, in our industry now, um, I'm going to tell you that the Mountain West dissolves operation and joins the Pac-2. Okay. How about that? I'm going to I'm going to give you that only on the line of this. The Mountain West would dissolve in about 18 months a so-so television deal. Yeah. They would dissolve. Now, first of all, the two schools staying in the Pac-12 would have, obviously, higher slices of the pie, bigger slices of the pie than the members of the Mountain West. But it makes too much sense. It makes too much sense for those schools to join the Pac-12 as opposed to the Pac-12 right. foregoing that money that obviously could be shared to those members as well. It makes it actually makes more sense than not when you start thinking about it. If you just take the loyalties and all the other things out of play, and they've got a commissioner, you know, Klyovkov won't be the commissioner, right. so on and so forth. Be Craig so. Thompson, right? When Craig Thompson. No, Craig Thompson retired. Oh man, and the uh, the young lady who got the job, and forgive me, I cannot remember her name, but they have a brand new commissioner. I think she's been. How about this? Been on the job about six months. Perfect. And, and you start dealing with this. So there perfect. You go. Look, um, if I were Oregon State and Washington State. I wouldn't. I would just be a conference of two. Well, you can technically right. now. How much status can you maintain? What you kind get of leverage two years. do you have? Yeah, you get two years. Um, but uh, the way I like to look at it, AG, is the ACC didn't go eight and two in non-conference football action this past weekend. They went eleven and two. <laughs> that is absolutely right. All right, let's there talk about because SMU won at home against Louisiana Tech. Cal and Stanford both had comfortable convincing yep. wins on the road. All right, let's uh let's start in Charlotte where okay. uh where Carolina beat South Carolina. Um I had my doubts as to whether or not Carolina would be able to show anything on the defensive front. Right. But I thought their defensive front was the to me the eye-opening winner of the game for them. Yeah, I I think what uh what Cayman Rucker being yeah. the Walter Camp National Defensive Player of the Week if awesome. you'd have bet, if you'd have bet ten dollars on that, what would have the take been? Um, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I look. I was impressed. I was probably. I'm, and I'm curious because since I've got the game Saturday, I'm going to get to ask this question. I guess Friday with Gene Chiswick. I'm as curious about the three man front package as I am anything else I've saw this weekend out of Carolina. 
mean, Chip Lindsey throwing the ball to the tight end shocked a lot of people that knew Chip Lindsey. It didn't right. shock me because I, he's got three really good tight ends. Yeah. But the three-man pressure package that Carolina came with against a pretty respectable offensive line of South Carolina. I mean, it's not like South Carolina had two guys and three cones out there, okay? <laughs> they they have pretty good offensive line play. And I saw that three-man package get a lot of pressure. And Kamen Rucker came from peeling on one side. Um, I really thought that the way they used Amara Gaynor was – pretty cool too you know yes. i mean i i just think they did a lot of really good schematic stuff and i'm excited to kind of see how that carryover works but yeah the defensive side for carolina and and by the way losing deandre boykins in the preseason's a big deal mm-hmm. that guy was a good player for them but they're playing with renewed confidence and i'm curious how that confidence is if it's schematics if it's the constant repetition of things i mean I, i'm really interested to talk to to Chiz on Friday before we do uh, the APA game on Saturday, obviously. Max said, I believe it was yesterday, that their defensive front had been causing their offense problems in mm. practice. He goes, but I didn't know if it what, what it was. I didn't know if it was real or you sure. know, and that we would see. But, I mean, I thought, you know, the pass rush is one thing. Mm. But the I thought the South Carolina had zero success running the ball. Right. To me, it was even more surprising because I just assumed that South Carolina would have success on the ground against UNC because everybody has seemed to. It wasn't so much yeah. to me about the pass rush. I know 17 sacks all of last year and basically half that many against South Carolina Saturday. Yeah. But I, South Carolina couldn't run it, and I thought that was the most impressive thing. I agree with that part. And then the, the only pause of concern I have is that the Gamecocks had some drops. They did. And Carol- Carolina allowed 350 yards of passing. Yeah. I mean, that's, how much of that is a concern now, and what can you do to tune it up to match? But but here's the reality. Rattler was hurried all night, never mm-hmm. got comfortable in the throw game. He did throw for 350, but, um, you know, the plays that he made downfield seemed to be busted plays or plays where he improvised out of what was originally caused. Now, you can – Look at that and measure it any way you want to. But nonetheless, Carolina got to him nine times, and they slowed the rundown, which is more than you can say about any Carolina defensive unit, what really in the last couple of years. So Tez, there you go. Tez Walker going to be on the field against yes. App on Saturday? I think he is. I, I think he is. I do too. I, I, I think that the kid at Arizona State, the kid at Florida State, and the three other kids that are involved in this type of uh, rewriting of the policy or re-administrating of the policy that the NCAA has been – you know, getting publicly flogged for the last month or whatever, I, I think they they revert and reverse course on all those kids. At least I hope so. Which uh, makes what I said over the before the weekend even started that if I were North Carolina, I would have put them on the field. I would have put them on the field and dared the NCAA yeah. to do something about it because ultimately they understand he's going to be eligible. The NCAA is just doing NCAA things. All right. Uh, Western voice of the ACC, and I know you're going to have the App Carolina game uh, coming up. Hopefully, some people yeah. here will be able to watch it. Uh, yeah. But uh, I know I can. Uh, YouTube TV uh, dot com. Go check it out. The uh, Blue Devils did the thing Whew. last night. Did they? Uh, did look, they? I know Clemson was not at their best, but I don't think Duke was either. So I mean, both teams left points on the board or uh, gift wrapped points for the other team as duke did duke was minus 10 on their mistakes in the first uh we lost west here for a second 
Uh, I'll just I'll point this out to people as we get uh, Wester and back uh, on board here. Duke was minus ten on their mistakes in the first half. The muffed punt that set Clemson up for their only points of the game, and the field goal that they would have at least attempted late in the first half that was erased when they fumbled. Now, I'm crediting, you know, Clemson gets credit for making a play there, right? That's okay. But Duke had mistakes as well. It wasn't just Clemson derping it up. Of course, Clemson's mistakes happened in the second half, which were more alarming for people, especially if we go into the game with preconceived notions that Clemson should win the game. Paul Feinbaum actually went as far after the game as, oh, the Dabo dynasty is over. Well, I mean, you could have made that statement last year or the year before and been correct too. I'm not convinced that their offense, it's not about coaching. I'm not convinced that their offense has good enough players to be great. And that's the bar that Clemson is established for itself. Just not sure that Klubnik is good enough, that their receivers are good enough. We know Shipley's good enough. I think the offensive line is pretty good. I don't know if the offensive line is great, but I think it's pretty good. I just don't know if the rest of it, if the if the skill position package other than Shipley, I don't know that that's great. Of course, it is just week one, so maybe it will prove to be great. No clue. But Duke made just as many mistakes in the first half. Maybe not just as many, but they had costly mistakes in the first half too, not to mention uh, pre-snap penalties that took them from uh, third and two to third and seven twice. And they ended up one time kicking a field goal. And the next time, I think, going for it on fourth down and turning it over on downs. So they had mistakes, too. Mistakes weren't just one way. Uh, And it is what it is. It's week one. Clemson, in the past, has been good enough to overcome themselves. And right now, they weren't. Or last night, they weren't. Uh, But... I'll be curious to know what Wes feels like about the Blue Devils and the Tigers going forward. All right, let's uh, let's continue this, Wes. Uh, I pointed out that Duke had their own mistakes in the first half. It cost them sure. ten points, and then, uh, but Clemson's mistakes were in the second half, and they're they're more glaring. How did you see that? Well, I think the the first thing I noticed was that I thought Clemson. <laughs> And this is going to be funny because we're talking about a guy making, what, $3 million as an offensive coordinator. But I thought Clemson looked like a team playing in a new offense for the first time. Um, I guess the biggest disappointment, if I'm a Clemson fan this morning, is I didn't think our defense played very well. And I thought your defense was going to be one of the better defensive units in the the country. Now, some of that credit goes to to Kevin Johns and, and the offense at Duke, which, and I don't think you can ever forget that Riley Leonard returned everybody that caught a ball last year. <laughs> I don't think you can forget that. And I think the other part about it is you got a draft pick in Graham Barton in the offensive line. You got yeah. guys who they have mixed in there nicely. And secondly to that, I think you got a quarterback who's a first round pick. Might be a top ten pick by the time they have the thing next spring. Um 
and yeah, I'm I'm taking him out a year early. Sorry, Duke fans. Um, <laughs> but but to me, Adam, Duke is the one that played with a lot more confidence last night, and that part is concerning. If I'm a Clemson fan this morning, if I'm a Duke fan, I'm excited because we've got a football program. We got a football program. We got a football coach. We got a direction. We've got some. We've got some stick to itness. We've got some continuity, right? Yeah. And yeah, we've got one of the harder. We've got one of the harder conference schedules. Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on, or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money, and then we meet every year to, and we go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. But you got to feel like you got a chance every week, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Clemson's concern for me is not just three out of four, but look at the margins of those three losses. That's a big, big difference in the Clemson that struck fear in the hearts of college football's landscape a couple of years ago. And I I think between now and Florida State, you know, to kind of paraphrase some of Dabo, there might be a prayer meeting or two. Right. Because they, Adam, this is, this is kind of now become a thing, you know, and it's carried over. That's scary, I think, isn't it, if you're a Clemson fan? I think if you're a Clemson fan, this is the way I looked at the game. And I, I love the I mean, I love the Clemson Tigers program. They're, they're just, they've been awesome. I just don't think their offense is good enough. I think they're, yeah. I have not seen, I didn't see anything dynamic on the outside last night. I mean, Will Shipley can play for any school and most NFL teams in the country. He's that good. But I didn't see anybody else that uh, looked that good to me, including the quarterback, who, I mean, that was a terrible pass behind Shipley that oh, yeah. that uh, ends up being the, the, the final turnover, the uh, interception off the tip drill. Uh, but I didn't think he was great. And I think in order for them to be great, they have to have an offense that matches. I think mm-hmm. Florida State looked much better offensively than Clemson did. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think it's a... Um... I think it's a big deal. I, I, the, the concern I would have about Clemson is you got, look, they could be Charleston Southern pulling 11 people off the hill. Okay. <laughs> um, the question, Florida Atlantic comes in there in two weeks. Yeah. Florida Atlantic throws it around now. Right. I mean, and then Florida state who arguably as, as poorly as Clemson maybe looked or played last night at the end of the day, the question's going to become Florida State's momentum is building here, man, and it's yeah. building in a way that it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting to watch how this goes down. To be honest with you, I think. Yep. So it's it's going to be a tricky time for Clemson, and in fact, you know, and and see, here's the other thing: the static and the noise with the program is going to be about the transfer portal, right? Because that's been kind of the yeah. the open ended whipping boy, if you will, of Clemson football when they lose or struggle, like. You know, Feinbaum shoveled dirt on him again. He did. Dynasty's yeah. over the whole bit. You know, eight, noted ACC authority, Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> right. No, never an agenda there, right? None. Um So, to me, I just think that Clemson probably has more soul-searching to do right now than, say, Georgia Tech or Carolina or NC State, who's got to figure out a way to run the ball probably a little bit better. Yeah. Um, 
But on the whole, look, let me just give it to you. It's, it's the best opening weekend the ACs he's had since they won 10 games in 2016 and went 2-1 and one against the SEC. And the other loss was Virginia with Mike London to um, Richmond. Oh, that's, gosh. That's, that's the last time the league has had a weekend that was as good as this weekend. They won 10 games in 17, but Carolina lost to Cal, and they went 0-3 against the SEC. Right. This is a two and one mark against the SEC and eight wins. And, but now here's the thing you double down on that and look at the games you've got this week. I mean, A&M goes to Miami. You yeah. really want to be that league now? You want to reduce another league yeah. and enhance yourself? Miami needs to hammer Texas A&M. Yep, they do. But yeah. man, hammer, just win. Just, I mean, anything. Win by one. Win, win, uh, five, four. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Just win the game. You know, and, come... it, and NC State needs to find a way to beat Notre Dame, and then all of a sudden we've got ourselves a situation. Yeah, my my fear for the Wolfpack was that it, Connecticut had some success running the football against Ooh. NC State, and boy. Estimate's a handful, man. Yep, no question about it. And Notre Dame's just got pro after pro after pro, it would seem, on the offensive line. And I'm look um, – I love what I saw from the Tar Heels on uh, line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, App State's not going to be easy, as you're going to find out. Uh, Nor will Minnesota the following week. Uh, And then they go to Pitt. And I think that's going to be that. that, Who knows? The winner of that game might end up being uh, the, I guess, the plan B for the the conference championship game if it's not Duke. Let me tell you this. I think Carolina Pitt is for, like, you know, get ready to spend the fall in the top four of the ACC. Because I think they're going to be – look, Clemson's going to have a moment. Is it going to be Florida State? Is it going to be somewhere after that? If Clemson loses to Florida State, there are two losses before they get to October 1, and essentially they're out of the college football playoffs. Okay? Yes. Think about that. Okay, so Clemson's been out of the college football playoff, but, like, last year it was when they lost to South Carolina, right? So now how do you handle that? How do you handle a scenario where, you know, and, and like Carolina a year ago, Carolina played great the other night. It was an important game to win, fan base, football team, all over. But now all of a sudden, how do you, it's like the old skins game in golf. You know, that analogy I've given you before, where you got to go validate what you did. You yep. made birdie on the last hole. But if you don't make birdie here, nobody remembers what you did. And I think that's kind of where some of these teams are going to be until like Carolina gets to Pittsburgh or Clemson gets to Florida state or like NC States right now. But Miami has a chance to answer a question, you know, down the line, Virginia tech Purdue this week at Rutgers, the following week, they got chances Pittsburgh, the same way you got Cincinnati. We're forgetting Cincinnati Pittsburgh's this week. Yep. That's a game pit. You want to stay in the game nationally. You win the game. And I think this league has learned some hard lessons of, you know, stubbing your toe, walking around and kicking trash cans in in the first couple weeks does not do you any favors nationally. They answered the bell a little bit. Quite frankly, I thought Thomas Hammock was going to beat Boston College Saturday. Okay? (laughs) I'm not surprised that D.C. lost. I'm not surprised Virginia lost. No. I think Florida State has put themselves in a situation to be a factor all the way through the calendar. 
absolutely all the way through. I 100% and, agree. And that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting given the landscape they created in uh, in August. Yeah, and even uh, even a loss at Clemson doesn't take Florida State out of it uh, as long as they do uh, take care of their business the rest of the way. Final thing, uh, on October 30th, will college game day be at Wallace Wade Stadium? October 30th. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, September 30th, not October 30th. Between you and me, I think there's a chance. My gosh. My gosh. I'll lose my mind. That'll be just hysterical. Because they've never been. (laughs) Well. That's one of the schools, isn't it? (laughs) Well, you know, there's probably a reason for that. But isn't that that not one of the schools? I don't recall them ever being at uh, for. That's what I'm saying. They've been at Cameron a few times. They have. Well, yeah, but come on. I mean, and, and by the way, and God, I love Dave Fash and Dvorak and Luganville last night, but the basketball analogies start rolling out, you know, when the fan, the kids are getting ready to run on the field. That's right. And, you know, it's, it's, and it's a credit to Mike. It really is. I mean, he's just a terrific coach. Tremendous. He's perfect. He's perfect for Duke because he played at Penn. He's worked at Wake. He's, he's done it the right way. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and now he's caught lightning in a bottle with the kid at quarterback and, and a terrific coaching staff. And I, I think they're going to benefit from that. But, you know, we're just we're just getting started, guys. We we're are. just getting started. We are. But we're excited because it's the first, uh, first show after the first weekend of the season. And we talked to Wes Durham, uh, the voice of the ACC, the reason the conference turns a profit. Uh, and he'll have 515 App State coming down from the mountain to take on the Tar Heels in North Carolina uh, on ACC Network if – you can find it. Oh um, man, see, come on, we got to get that. We got to get that worked out. Yes, I'll I'll do the best I can. I'll place a phone call. All right, talk to you, man. Be uh, well. You got it, West Durham here on the Adam Gold Show. Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info/sps. Your journey begins here.